Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. Covering the scriptures of 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 10, John 13, 35, Matthew 10, 32 and 33, Acts 19, 13 through 16, I'll read Job, and then Revelations 5, 12, and 7, 12, And then if we have time, which we should have time, is Jude 1, 24 through 25, two verses in Jude. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for waking us up this morning in our right minds. Thank you for our health and for our strength. Thank you, my Father, for allowing us to come together one more time. Lord, open our ears in here, Lord, and give us hearts of understanding, Lord, that we may bring forth a hundredfold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today's topic is don't be a nobody. In Job, the first chapter... It's very interesting the way it is worded, it is put. So Job, the first chapter, starting at the sixth verse. It says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Now the word present also is a present. They are both spelled exactly the same. And they have both similar meanings. So when you get a present from somebody, you are presenting something to somebody. It is the exact same thing. So when you present yourself before God, you're giving him a present. You are living your life acceptable. You cannot present God with something that is not good or it will not be accepted. We read about it, about Cain and Abel. When Abel offered to God a sacrifice. He gave him a present. He presented something before the Lord, but he presented the best. Cain, on the other hand, also presented something before the Lord, but it wasn't his best. 
And we read a little longer down the line that God told him, if you had done well, wouldn't yours have been accepted too? That lets us know that Cain was not, his heart was not right when he was presenting something. When we present something before God, we need to give God our best, the very best that we have, not anything less or else God does not accept it. He don't want that kind of present. He don't, even our children, when you give a child something that's healthy for them, they don't want that on Christmas. You give them a nice t-shirt on Christmas and especially when you're a child child, you don't want clothes for Christmas. That is a parent's supposedly job to give us clothes throughout the entire year. When it's Christmas, we want a toy or we want something else. I'll never forget, Mommy got me a belt one Christmas. I didn't disrespect Mommy, but I was so disappointed <laughs> in opening my Christmas present and I got a belt. I was like, really? But it was a really nice belt and she put my name on it. And it wasn't just a regular belt, but to me, that wasn't a toy, you know, but but when we give God something, he wants the best, not just something leftovers or so, well, I need a, I, what I could kind of imagine Esau doing is doing it out of necessity, doing it so he wouldn't look bad, or he probably did it but didn't give God the first fruits. God wants the best from all of us or else God doesn't accept it. The devil also wants the best. Why do you think the devil picks on the people of God? Because that is a true vessel. It's a trophy. It is something honorable that God honors, and the devil wants that too. The devil don't want nothing less than the best either. That's why the most famous people, they have sold their souls to become who they are. The devil wants the best too. He wants your soul is what he wants. Because why? God created it, and there's it's perfect and then we defiled it. But the devil wants it. We're going to 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 10. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted and in the day of salvation. Have I succored thee, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed? But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unbind, by the word of truth by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, and deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things so we're supposed to be known and unknown at the same time unknown because we're not trying to be popular and we're not trying to let our flesh be seen and we're not in the world trying to make a name for ourselves but we are well known when they know that is a child of god 
They know who you are in Christ, but your own flesh, you're nothing, you're nobody. You don't count it as anything. Paul said that they counted their lives and everything that they had but dung. It was worthless. This flesh is worthless. So we're unknown. We're not trying to make a name for ourselves. Now, if we are well known in Christ, then when we go through these things, afflictions and imprisonment and stripes and in all of this, we won't lose who we are in Christ. We're not going to lose our character. See, Job was well known of God when the devil, when God told the devil, have you considered my servant Job? He knew. We can read a, a little bit about it in, um, in Job when he says, or has Job served God for naught? He's saying, is, is he serving you for no reason? He's not serving you for no reason. Now, this is how much the devil knew about Job. Read about what he says. First, we're going to just start on verse 7. It says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Has thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Now look at how close the attention that the devil was paying to Job. He says, Thou hast made him a hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. The devil had tried a lot of different ways. He knew he's blessed over here. He knew God is protecting him over here. Why? Because the devil had been trying to get there. He is doing the same thing to you and I. If he can't get you in your emotions, he's going to get you in your finances. If he can't get you in your finances, he's going to get you through your family. If he can't go there, he's not going to stop. He's going to try. But he's supposed to run into the exact same thing he did with Job. God is in this. God is in that. God is on this side. God is on that. So he's supposed to run into that. If he finds a weak point, believe me, he's going to go for it. He's going to go for that weak point, but he couldn't find a weak point in Job. He went all the way around Job and couldn't find a weak point. He told you, I blessed him in everything that he does. He, I can't get to him. It's supposed to have that same report on you and I. We're supposed to be well known. The devil is supposed to try and fail every single time because we are not known in the flesh, but we are known spiritually that our testimony is they walk with God. It's supposed to be our testimony. When the devil, when God's, God is supposed to be able to tempt the devil with us, have you considered Guided Way Ministries? Check it, all those members over there. Have you looked? And he's supposed to say, yes, I know, but you have protected them on every side. I can't get in there. I can't stir them up. I can't make them hate each other. I can't get in the money part of it. I can't get in the musicians. I can't get in anything. Because when I try, they always bring up Jesus. That's our report is supposed to be. That's the report that we're supposed to have. When he tries, I can't. We're going to go to John 13, 35. My dear, shall all men know, ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. So the only way that we can conquer this is through love. 
We cannot say that we love God and we hate each other. It's not going to happen. We can't have the power of God and we can't have the precious Holy Ghost dwelling in us and leading us and guiding us if we don't have love for one another. We must have love. That's the only way that it's going to happen. That's the only thing that we can endure. Because why? God is love. So if we have love within us, then we have God within us. And whatever the devil comes to see, guess what he's going to see? He's going to see God. When he comes in the back door, he's going to see God standing right there. When he goes to the right hand or to the left, God is going to be standing right there. Because we have love. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Every man, the devil, everything is going to know that you are God's disciple when we have love one towards another. We will be well known. And we're supposed to be well known. We can't be a nobody. Matthew 10, 32 through 33. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, whom will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven? But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. When, when you go to, you can go to anywhere, and if you know somebody really important, you can use their name to get what you want. You, for instance, you go and you want to get a car, and they say, do you have a cosigner if your credit is not good enough? Now, if you know somebody with extremely good credit, you can walk in there and say, yes, I got a cosigner. I got this person's name. They will use that person's name to give you what you want. We do the same thing in Jesus. My name is no good. Your names are no good. But the name of Jesus, that is good. His credit is perfect. Everything that he has is good what you need. So you need to know somebody. But not only do you need to know somebody, that person needs to know you. Because if I went over there and I said, oh, yeah, well, I know this person and he's a millionaire and he has all this money and let us use a football player, Aaron Rodgers, and I know him and he's a very famous person, he'll be my co-signer. Aaron Rodgers don't know me from anybody. I would get fraud if I try to put his name on one of my things that I was trying to buy. So if Jesus doesn't know you, you can't be using his name. Let me give you a really good example of what happens when you try to use Jesus' name and Jesus does not know you. To be continued. The word of God that you have heard and received with an open heart, to live it out actively with all of your being will yield you a bountiful return. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you, may He keep you, may He shine His face always upon you, and may He forever keep you in 